From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, happy Monday, and we're going to kick the first day of May off with some Mississippi music. And we'll feature two Mississippi native musicians. First up, Tanya Boyd Cannon, who began singing in church in Mississippi, gained national recognition for her appearance on The Voice, and now she has a new album, Music is Life, and we'll hear more about it this morning. Later, guitarist and songwriter Kodita South will join us and talk about his latest album, A Few Regrets. Hey, if you want to join in on the conversation, you can give me a call at 877-MPB-RING, or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Happy Monday and happy May. I don't know what happened to the first four months of the year, but it went by in about three seconds. But... We're going to have a great show for you today. Thank you for joining us. Of course, this is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, and we're going to have a couple of people who are making their dreams come true. Really great Mississippi music. First of all, we're going to have Tanya Boyd Cannon. And you're probably thinking to yourself right now, Marshall, I have heard that name from somewhere. Where have I heard that from? Well, she's Team Adam. I mean, come on. She was on The Voice. And she rocked it, too. She was great on The Voice. But she does some stuff in her life that I think will make all of us want to stand up proud. She lives in New Orleans now Mm -hmm. and has had just fantastic music out there. You just look her up on YouTube and you're just like going, okay, she's got a voice. She really does. So it makes sense that she was on The Voice. voice. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, She's going to be on with us. And also, too, we're going to have on Codita South. And he's from Brandon, but his first name's really Brennan. But we're right. going to keep all that straight for you. Um, singer-songwriter, fantastic. Got to play with one of his dream bands up in Oxford. Just a great story, and I'm looking forward to having him on as well. Sharita, of course, is in the studio with us running the, running the knobs and the buttons. That's and right, running the knobs. Straight back from Arkansas. Yes, I had a gig in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I, let me make sure I tell people a gig is a performance because some folks are that like, makes what's a like gig? You're fishing? <laughs> uh, at Little Rock, in Little Rock, Arkansas, at the Robinson Performance Hall. And it is a really beautiful space. Liz Gill was telling me this morning that they have renovated that space. And it looks beautiful. It looks like our city auditorium, Thymar Hall. But it was great. The crowd was packed in there all the way up in the balcony and they were ready to laugh it makes it so much easier on the comedians when the crowd is ready to laugh and they were just just sensitive to everything we said and it was a wonderful experience isn't it the worst though you get up there and you start talking and all you hear yes yeah that kind of happened friday night i had another show friday night and the crowd they were a little quiet and i guess i could say uptight they were a little quiet and so i had to (laughs) loosen them up i mean i ended up singing some prince and purple rain i was really really uh grasping oh you gotta start singing you know something's going on (laughs) but it went well though it went well so yeah well congratulations and i want to say a late happy birthday birthday to your mom thank you thank and you so much since i'm facing that same number later on in the year um <laughs> i hope that my family does what you did for her because you threw her a huge surprise party 
I did, and yeah. I was shocked that she was actually surprised. I just knew yeah, that someone had told Yeah, your mom's on top of everything, her. you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad we didn't talk about it a couple of weeks ago, or she would have been listening, and yeah. she would have known. I, I know she. I knew she was suspicious because she thought it was going to be more than family. Suspicious, though. But it was. Yeah. It was a great turnout. We were at this beautiful venue on Capitol and Roach Street in downtown Jackson. It's right up the street from King Edward. A friend of mine has renovated this place. It used to be a bank, but now it's just this beautiful venue with nice. pillars and chandeliers, mm-hmm. and it's really nice. And so that's where we were. And that's why she didn't know where it was. Because mm. when we made it to Capitol Street, she started guessing, are we going to Parlor Market? Are we going to King Edward? And then when we pulled up at this spot, she didn't know what it was. And she walked into this room full of people and music and food. And it was wonderful. Awesome. Well, I'm glad she had a great day. And it was your granny's birthday, too. The day before. Yeah, yes, day before. Exactly. How did she pull that one off? That's pretty impressive. So. <laughs> I know. And it's challenging for me to have to uh, uh, cater to both of them back to back like that. But it is uh, a blessing that my mom and grandmother's birthdays are right behind each other. Oh, so that's cool. Amen. And I'm I'm so sorry, Sharita, you did not get picked by Kelly Ripa to replace uh, whoever, Michael Strahan or whoever was with her the last time. I know. Oh. I know yeah. Ryan Seacrest is going to be the new one. And Interesting. What do you think about that pick? Uh, since I never watched the show, I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, Ryan Seacrest is like a really hard worker. I mean, he's like on everything and he manages to perform. And when you and I were just talking about that, how tough that would be on a daily basis to be up, be perky, be good looking. And you see, know. I mean, a good looking multiple. part, I got that. I mean, that's not a problem oh, yeah? for me. Yeah, oh, that's yeah? why I'm on okay. radio, of course. But, you know, television is just different because yes. you, you're under so much pressure. Not only do you have to have content and be interesting and compelling, you have to look a certain way to you please wear people. you got to wear yeah, makeup. because if not, they will blast you on the Internet. So that's a, a pressure that I do not mind not having being on radio so nobody knows what i look like right now <laughs> you look just like you do in all your pictures you put up of yourself on facebook yeah no i don't yeah you do well, you, <laughs> I usually have makeup actually, on. <laughs> come to think of it no you don't look like that okay. right we're not going to tell anybody that <laughs> began the boot camp today another 12 weeks trying to get okay. in shape is this the paula cost boot camp this is paula cost you remember paul being on the show uh-huh. um yeah he yelled at me this morning so everything's good okay so, yeah but my goal is i ran an 854 mile which is I guess okay for somebody who's my age. That's very good. Uh, no, nah, not so much. No, no it's good. I, I'm just compa- thinking about military standards for us. It's usually a nine-minute mile is the, the the regular for women in the military. So for your age. For my age, thank bad. you. For it, That was the same thing my son said this morning. <laughs> for your age, Dad. Right. Of course, he runs a 525 mile. So, oh, you know, he gosh. likes to point that out to me. Mm-hmm. That, Dad, I'm so much faster than you. I said, you have good knees. <laughs> uh, but it was good. And, you know, I mean, some of the numbers were great. Uh, my cholesterol is 129 now, so I'm good. And I bench press 155 times. So what's your goal by the end of the boot camp? Uh, I'd like to get down the sevens on the mile. And okay. I want to lose. I'm 217 right now. I'd like down to 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. So that's 17 pounds. I've lost about 20 yeah, uh, since the beginning of the year. So, yeah, I'm getting it back off. I can tell. I'm I can one, tell. Well, I'm one of those kind of guys. that Your you know, elbows are poking out now. I can I, tell. I can couldn't see, see them. them before. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> coming from a person who like is like ninety pounds. Yeah, um, you can so. see all my elbows, exactly. collarbone, and everything. Exactly. Uh, I was doing some research and I was reading about walking versus running, and which yeah. may cause more strain on your body. And so now I have an excuse to just walk and not yeah. run because oh, running I, will running yeah. will tear you up. I tell you what, 
the price of shoes, people say, well, your running shoes are expensive. Hey, it's cheaper than knee surgery. Let me just tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. So, And I ran 11 miles on Saturday. And I don't know if any of you were out on Saturday, but there was like a 900-mile-an-hour wind, and it was like being under a tongue. I mean, it was 98.6 and wet. It was just yeah. really a gross day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no wonder we had all the storms yesterday. And if anybody got hit by the storms yesterday, hey, my thoughts and prayers are with you because it was bad. Yeah, it did it get bad. It was a bad day yesterday. Uh, but I ended up running 11, so that was bad because I lost like 7 pounds of sweat. It was just hot. Mm-hmm. And then I did a track meet from 10 until 6. It was the North State track meet for the for high school. And it was 1A and 6A. So those were the two doing it. I got to do the, the high jump. Okay. So my job was putting the pole back up when it not got knocked down. Oh. You know, they got to get me something that I can handle mentally. Right. And so anything that like, you know, I can't count laps or anything like that because I get that screwed up. Do they still, still shoot the pistol when it's time for them to run? Yes, they okay. do. And I would first like to I, do that. That was kind of cool. I was kind of wishing I could do it, but they wouldn't <laughs> trust me with a, a gun, even though it had caps in it. So mm-hmm. they don't use bullets, just to let you know. Okay, good. Uh, but yeah, one kid was like way over six feet. He, he was trying 6'10". His personal best was 6'9". Whoa. Okay. I could barely get the bar up that high. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because I'm only 6'1", so, you know, and I don't have much of a reach. But I tell you, um, I was so proud of the kids on that. And it's... You know, I mean, okay, I'm a I'm a Clydesdale when it comes to track and stuff, but I was so proud because there were kids that they would sit there and run so hard and they get to the end and they collapse and they throw up, but they gave their all and so forth. And so, yeah. and, you know, they, they worked real hard up until that point. And I'm not a big fan of participation trophies. Mm-hmm. So it was always kind of cool to see that people get the first place ones. But yeah. you always had to cheer for the one that was coming in last that mm-hmm. didn't quit. You know, that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, that's kind of cool, too. And and so I think if you get to that level, you're pretty impressive. And so I was like hats off to all of them. It was it was good stuff, which meant, of course, I was exhausted because I'd walked like thirty two thousand steps that day. Wow. And I was thinking, hey, it's Sunday, right? (laughs) I can sleep in, you know, maybe ah, who knows? Don't tell anybody. But I was going to skip church. You know, I thought that might be a good thing. Oh, I thought you always skip church. Okay. Uh, Well, you know, (laughs) at least twice a year. But I mean, it was I know. Pray for me. I need it. (laughs) Bottom line was, um, my little meteorologist came in the room at about seven o'clock, saying there are hook echoes heading toward you know your son. Yes, yeah, my nine-year-old son, okay. who is my little meteorologist, uh, who knows what a hook echo is. Unfortunately, because yeah, I he, don't. Yeah, because he <laughs> could, I'm about to Google it. You know, he could turn on the TV and say, "Oh, look, that's a, you know that's what's going to happen." So uh, we got to spend a little time in the safe place, you know, just to make him feel. I'm one of those kind of people that if the tornado is like down the block and it's not going to hit my house. Mm-hmm. Then I'm okay with it. You know, I'm just yeah. going to roll over and go back to sleep. It's going to hit you. It's going to hit you. But he wanted to make sure we we're up. So anyway, I got up way too early. Um, so that, that was my weekend. So. Well, something that some people are calling a, a tornado is the Jackson mayoral election. I don't know if that's how we yeah, can describe it. Yeah, you did a great video not. on that, uh, folks. Go to Sharita's Facebook page. Uh, good <laughs> stuff on that. Yeah, it's going to come up. And municipal elections are all over the state. And, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you this. I don't care who you vote for. Just go vote. Yes. Because I, to me, this is the most important election you're going to vote in. You know why? Yeah. Because this is the one that determines, you know, your zoning and your potholes mm-hmm. and your water. Things that really, 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 really personally kind of, affect you. Yeah, they personally yeah. affect you. I mean, okay, granted, your mayor doesn't have nuclear weapons. So I understand that's, you know, an issue, too. But, yeah, just get out there and, and go. And, and I, okay, let me back up on that a little bit. I'd be happy if you didn't vote if you don't know who you're voting for. Mm-hmm. At least spend a little time. And we got 24 hours. 
spend time just it's this thing called Google. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of, lot of reading and materials learn a little bit about there. It. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of stuff can... out there. And, and get to know who you're going to be voting for because, really, like I said, it'll affect not only your life but your children's life in big time. Jackson's got a big one, which probably will end up in a runoff between two of them. Um, yeah, I've seen folks saying that it'll be Yarber and Lumumba. I've seen others saying maybe Lumumba and Horn. But you just never know. I mean, yeah, most of Graham's, the candidates Graham's have, polling well, too, so you don't know. Yeah, and you a do, lot a, of them you do have, a good um, Robert Graham, by the way. I just want to <laughs> let you know your impersonation is very good. Yeah, I was just trying to uh, do impersonations as a comedian. I feel like I need to know how to impersonate somebody, so why not start now? With, I, the, with Locally, with our mayor, mayoral candidates. Well, just don't start with me, okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't know how to impersonate. I probably would. I, yeah. I'm going to work on it. You are? Yeah, I'm going to oh, work then on it. I'll work on you, too. How about that? Because I can do impersonations also. So we'll, we'll just, so there you go. Be careful. So Reading, go vote, folks. Go vote. One of it's very important. Reading three books right now. One I'm very excited about. Uh, be interviewing them for conversations. Thomas Oliphant, who is a former reporter at the Boston Globe, and Curtis Wilkie. You know, our mm. own Curtis Wilkie, who teaches a course up at Ole Miss and was up at the Boston Globe. And it's a really cool book. It's called The Road to Camelot. It's inside JFK's five-year campaign. It's kind of a little nice history book. So uh, looking forward to that. And I'm reading a book on creativity, which I recommend to you, Sherito, because okay. I think it's right up your alley. It's called The Spark and the Grind. Mm. It's by Eric Wall. Okay. And the premise of it is that a lot of people can come up with the idea, but they don't do anything with it. Oh, boy. And then there's a lot of people out there who grind all day that just do the work over and over and over, but they never get anywhere because their ideas are not that good. Interesting. And I can tell you as a creative person, you know, the ideas are obviously my manna from heaven. That's what I live and exist off of. But if you're not out there doing the work, mm-hmm. guess what? You're not going to get anywhere. And it, I tell you, it's been tough. Um, you know, the last couple of years, mom and dad being sick and so forth, uh, it just sucked the wind out of me and it was tough so this book has been a really nice thing to read and the, the last one i'm reading and i don't normally read three at one time but that just shows you how add i am uh the zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance it's an old book it's been around okay. for a long time but the author died recently he died last week i think it was robert Prysik. i think i got that pronunciation right anyway he um this book is just brilliant it really is okay. really really just beautifully written, but it just kind of gives you a, a little extra thought on how things are going. So good stuff, too. So anyway, those are the three that I recommend for the week. Great. Uh, Born a Crime is what I'm reading by Trevor Noah. I watched his stand up and yeah, how he's is the extremely book? knowledgeable. He's great. He, he's teaching a lot about how it was uh, growing up in Africa. And yeah, South Africa. He grew up down, yeah, during apartheid. Yeah. yeah. And how tough it was for him being uh, a mixed is what he describes it, you know, having yeah. a, a black mother and white father and how he had to be hidden and it's just a very powerful wow. story and he's extremely knowledgeable so trevor is very deserving of everything that he has right now i mean it's been a tough road for him to get to america and he's just i'm telling you that the book is great born a crime is what it's called and that is literal he was literally considered a crime uh because of his his ethnicity at that time do you so, uh, do you like reading books about comedians? Because I got to figure, you know, you're sitting there walking up this path trying to figure out how to do. You know, I mean, you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna hit the big time. It may be tomorrow, but you're getting pretty close now. But and it, it's kind of fun for you to be able to read on other comedians and see how they've done it. Well, yeah, and I look at it like studying. I mean, yeah, um, I have to self teach because I right now I don't think I'll be able to go to school for comedy, so I have to take it upon <laughs> myself to self self educate. So I do do a lot of reading, a lot of listening to podcasts, and just trying to live and breathe it so I can regurgitate 
agitated and, and just get the process of how to live as a comedian. So. God, people do that to me. Did you go to cartoon school? <laughs> Is there a thing? If I had gone to cartoon school, I got to tell you, my grades would have been a lot better. That would have worked out pretty well. But I did the same thing. I, I looked at other cartoonists and saw what they did and so forth. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a couple of musicians on that, frankly... Um, they just got the talent to be great. Uh, yeah, but Tanya to, is on the line. Yeah, so. I look forward to talking to Tanya. Uh, Tanya's coming up next. Tanya Boy Cannon. I mean, she's got one of the most amazing voices. Of course, she was on The Voice, but she's doing some cool stuff too that I think you're really going to be impressed with. She's she's literally a rock star. She's good people. Anyway, we're going to talk to her in just a minute, and then coming up is Codita South. He'll be joining us a little bit later as well. And you can join in on the conversation. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING, or of course, you can email me at marshall at mpbonline. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Oh God, cleanse me on the inside, purge me on the outside, transform my This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio, and that incredible voice that you hear is the world-famous Tanya Boyd Cannon. Be joining us, and that, of course, is the song Transform from the, her new album, Music is Life. Tanya, uh, I wish you were here. I would definitely get your autograph because uh, I'm... You are a rock star, really. Oh, my God, thank you so much. I'm honored. That introduction was amazing. So now I'm just even more humble and grateful to be able to speak with you this morning. Man, you and I are going to get along great. This is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, you know, you started here. You start, I mean, everything started here in Jackson. Um, you're in New Orleans now, but it all began here in Jackson. Uh, talk about your early years and how you learned to develop that incredible voice that you have. Oh, my gosh, yes. Born in Jackson, Mississippi, raised in New Orleans. My upbringing came out of the church, so I'm a preacher's kid who loves music and who wanted to know more about music outside of just knowing what we consider gospel music in the industry. So I wanted to sing, you know, more about what was actually going on in the world, and I felt like that my music was not just meant for the church walls, but my music was meant for the world. And so uh, with the foundation of singing in the choir and teaching um, music at a young age, I just began to open my ears to hearing more amazing sounds, which have cultivated me to be the artist that I am today. You're classically trained. You sing jazz, funk, classical, rock, gospel, reggae, neo-soul. Is there anything that you won't sing? I mean, you sound like you probably pretty much got covered. I, you know, I love, I love, I had an opportunity to do some work with, uh, some collaborative work with some country artists, um, indie artists. And I, I really love the, the country sound because it's amazing that country music shares the same vein um, with gospel music. So, you know, it's the same feeling, it's the same passion. And I think between country and gospel, you get pretty much everything else that you hear today. Yeah, I could, I could, I could hear you pulling it off too. And of course, <laughs> obviously, you were on The Voice, and you were on Team Adam. Yeah, that was, you know, I watched, and I remember when you were on, and I remember watching that. How much joy I got watching your daughters when that chair turned around. Oh and- yeah, my daughter, she was, 
like she's like my number one fan even to this day she really 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 believes in me and that really makes me work even harder because i want to really be able to set a foundation for her which she she sings background with me to this day oh, wow. so i want her to be able to see that music is life and that you can make a career out of music that you know i think it's so cool now for instance i draw for a living and i do radio and but none of my kids draw so she actually can sing that's i'm kind of jealous yeah and she and my i have i have two my son as well both of my kids sing but my son just choose not to sing in the public side <laughs> I, you know kids are like that they'll, 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 i did that forever i denied i can't draw I, i'm just not going to do that and then i end up doing it for a living you also um you play piano you play organ you play drums you play saxophone uh is there anything you can't do musically well, I, I just thought I'm, I'm optimistic, so I love to try something. I will pick up a clarinet, I will pick up a flute, and I feel like if I can play a consistent three notes, I feel like I can play that instrument. Three notes. I'll write, I'm writing that down right now. If I can play three, and you you actually teach also, so I could probably take lessons from you so I could at least get up to maybe four notes. There, there you go. There you go. Definitely. I mean, you know, the thing is, what I love about musicians is that is that we are um, optimistic to what we do, but I also love the fact that I'm able to enrich lives with this amazing instrument called the voice. Yeah. Because we don't we don't really shine a light on the voice because we re- I, I feel we take it for granted. So in my teaching of my my many vocal workshops, I teach them that this is the only instrument. The voice is the only instrument that we cannot take out the case. Therefore, we have to take care of it. And, and and value it now. So so no smoking or like gargling, you know, alcohol oh, no, or anything. No, no, yeah, no, you got to no, take no. care of the got to take care of the pipes. Oh no, uh, none of that. I mean, if it's gonna hurt and harm my voice, I, I do not want to be a part of it. Uh, now, Tanya, this is Rita. Uh, thanks for being on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've seen you perform in Mississippi. I've seen you perform in New Orleans. And it seems that you're able to conquer the culture wherever you are. So how was it, that transition going from Mississippi to New Orleans? Did you feel like you needed to introduce New Orleans to your Mississippi roots? I mean, you know, it's funny because even to this day, people always tell me, she's from the country, she's from the country. I was like, wait, sweetheart, Jackson is not the country. Jackson is the the capital of Mississippi, like, I want you to get that correct. Right. You know, and then they come to Jackson, it's like, oh, my God, it's not the country. You know, I try to expand and, and expound people on life, you know, not to be so caught up into what the hearsay is, but the know, you know, and to be able to bring that culture everywhere I go, even on stage, no matter where I am in the world. I just love to show people that my foundation of Mississippi is embedded within me. So every now and then, I'm, my husband tells me all the time, he says, yeah, you that twain comes out every now and then. Because my son said, Mom, I want some great. I said, you want some great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't hide from it. Twain comes out every now and then. But, you know, like I said, if I don't remember where I come from, I won't know where I'm going. Mm. We're talking with Tanya Boyd Cannon, an incredible singer and incredible new album out, Music is Life. I just, inc- I'm just so glad you're on with us today. Talk about, you talk about a platform, uh, you know, hitting the big time, uh, The Voice. And mm-hmm. you were on there and you got, of course, Adam picked you, Team Adam. What was it like working with Adam Levine? Was he like a really cool guy? Was he hard to work with? What was that whole situation like? I mean, you know, it's amazing because I get I get that question asked a lot. And the first thing I tell people that I want them to understand that he's outside of being my coach. He's still an artist. 
Yeah. So as artists, we have our moments where we, you know, want to just have our moments to isolate and get ourselves together to be able to give the advice while still receiving um, the toolage from our students. So I feel he was not just a coach, but he was also a student because he learned from me just like I learned from him. That's cool. Um, he's an amazing being. He's down to earth. He's uh, funny. Oh, my God. Like, dude just loves to talk and use some other words that are not so much, you know, kids friendly. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> worry. We'll like, bleep you out. I was like a sailor. And he was like, but Tanya, Tanya. You know, but I love the fact that he allowed me to get to see who he was as a person as well as an artist. You know, you did the, the competition with James McNeese on the PYT. That was fantastic. I mean, you two, I mean, of course, you were in, in it to win it, but you two combined so well on that song. Man, look, James is an amazing talent. That dude is, is he, he's amazing. And when we were in rehearsals, James would just give me just a little bit. And then when we got into the dress rehearsals, James just started showing these these you know, inflections vocally. I'm like, boy, where did that come from? Like, you have some crazy soul up in you. And he was like, you know, I do a little bit. So when we get on stage to perform that night, I'm like, wait, James, wait. <laughs> you know, as, as Pharrell said to us, Pharrell said, you know, Tanya has a big voice, and Tanya's going to do some things with her voice, but you got to be right back in there on her. You know, you didn't let her just, you know, sing, out sing you. You were, you were right there with her. So I think it became a teachable moment for the, vo- the both of us because we both are coming from different vocal um, backgrounds. So uh, I always say he's more head voice and falsetto and I'm more chest voice and mix us together and you get music. Well, Tanya, let me ask you, watching The Voice, it looks very intimidating. When I was watching you on there, I was extremely nervous for you and excited at the same time. And it looks, the the stage setup looks intimidating, but did it feel like home when you were on stage? Did it feel like a competition? How were you able to get rid of those nerves and just perform so well like you did? Well, um, actually, I was still nervous. <laughs> I mean, as I was on stage, the nerves were, like, running through my veins. But I think the thing that allowed me to find a home on that stage was to live in the music. And I often, you know, tell my, my, my vocal students as well as myself that I have to be able to emote the song for the listeners and for the viewers to be able to feel me in everything that I do. So, you know, home is, to me, you know, home is where the heart is, and my heart was on stage, and I, I tried to leave it there, you know, in every performance. But therefore, you know, I just gave it my all, and it was like, welcome home, baby. And I think I really found, began to find my niche, actually, after my last performance, uh, taking it to the pilot, I really felt like that was my home. I mm-hmm. really felt like I learned and I entered into my house on that song. That's one of those kind of situations where even though you may not have quote unquote won, you walked out of there a winner because what you gained from that whole experience had to be better than like a thousand textbooks. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I tell people all the time, they're like, I was so mad and this and this and that and why he gave you that song. And, you know, everyone has a lesson in life. And my lesson in life was that song, Taking to the Pilot, which was a, a song that really spoke not just to you know, my heart, but it really was able to allow me to come out of uh, confession, you know, pretty much. I was able to confess 
my feelings and emotions through that song uh, after researching it and understanding what it meant. You know, it was I was able to show people that this is me. And, you know, all you can do is take me because everybody else is taking. That's all I can be is me. Um, so, I mean, it was it was truly rewarding. We're going to listen to a little bit more of you right now. We're going to listen to Destiny as we go out for the break. Of course, we're talking with Tanya Boyd Cannon. Her new album is Music is Life, and this is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. You want me to come open? Is it me or he's trying to pull me in a little closer? Is it me or He's telling me he wants to be more than friends. Is it me or he wants to see our love to the end? Is it me or I'm starting to love this guy? Is it me or he's asking me to be his wife? me all the feelings I can't explain is it me or he's asking me to take his name it's written in the stars it's written in the stars he said our love was meant to be This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to the incredibly talented Tanya Boy Cannon is on with us today. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING, or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. Tanya, I tell you what, um, you know, I always like to listen to certain music when I go travel and when I head into certain towns. When I go into New Orleans, I'm going to, like, pop you into the, you know, I would say pop you, like, your cassette into the tape. I just dated myself a little bit there. <laughs> music is Life is fantastic. and. Oh. I know you're really proud of it, you, you know, and, you know, you're so passionate for New, New Orleans, about New Orleans. And I know Katrina is something that, you know, gosh, it's almost like PTSD, I would imagine. You know, there's there's so much there, too. But you're a teacher there as well. Um, I love that you give back the way that you do. You created the first combined male and female mass choir at the Orleans Parish Prison. Mm-hmm. And you had a quote. I remember seeing this quote. I said, "I'm not to judge. I'm not a judge or jury. I'm not here to con- convict or condemn. I'm here to help you and revitalize you." And I think this album does a really good job doing that. Oh wow! Thank you so much. I mean, I've never heard it put in that that way. You know, like <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm. Oh my God! I'm speechless. Oh my God! And I don't believe that for a second now. Man, no, let me look. It's. <laughs> I'm speechless because I never 
you know, knew that those words would continue to travel so far and to be compared with that, that this album. And it's, it's amazing because I recently ran into one of my former inmates who um, came up to me and he said, Cap Cannon, I see you doing your thing, girl. You heard me. And I was like, thank you, baby. You know, like the way I always do it with all of my, my people, whether I'm on stage or off, I just have to be me. And he said, man, just keep doing it because you're really empowering me to stay on the straight and narrow. And, you know, it's, it's just with that, um, I would always tell them when I would go do roll call, when I would, you know, get them up in the morning and say it's time for sound, you know, it's time for y'all roll call, it's time for us to warm up vocally. Like, I never looked at any of them for their charges because, like I said, that's not my business. I'm not perfect. So why would I even try to, you know, summarize something that's, that's, that's fake but I had to let them know, look, stay out of here. You you shouldn't be in here. You should be doing something better with yourself. Your fathers, your sons, your brothers, your uncles, the jail is not for you. And so with Music is Life, you know, I just wanted to bless the world with this album because that's what it, it has done for me. After Katrina, you know, suffering with PTSD from Katrina, I lost a ton of memory. And in losing that memory, all I had was, my God and music, and that has been the two things that have really have given me uh, strength to continue to go on. You said you said that music is a healer, and that truly is the case, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Music is music is, <laughs> and it's life. It is life. Uh, in my teachings, I was able to one of my I mean one of my prominent stories is when I took a severely autistic student who was nonverbal. And he would scream at me every day. He would come in my classroom and he would just scream. And so I screamed back at him, you know. <laughs> and after I screamed back at him, you know, because I had been teaching this child for the past four months. And he never mumbled a word. He never said anything, you know, to give me signs that he understood me. He never showed any kind of um, growth. And so he just came in one day screaming, and I just had it. Like, don't scream. And I screamed back, and he said, ha, ha, I love you, Miss Cannon. You're funny. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. You know, and we had been listening to Bobby McFerrin's Beyond Word album that came out in 2004. Uh, I gave him Invocation, Marlowe. I would play it every day as they would come to my classroom. And to this day, that child, he, he, can, he can play um, drums. He's not a count whole beat. He's not a count half beat. And he can count quarter beat. Um, just through through our interaction. That is incredible. That is incredible. Talk a little bit about the album and, and how it came about and who you're trying to reach with it. Um, Music is Life was actually written about five years ago. It was uh, songs that I wrote while just being out in, you know, in society, just hanging out, uh, whether I was at a festival, whether I was at home. I just began to write music. Coming out the coffee shop, I wrote songs. Uh, walking to pick my kids up, I wrote songs. And I just never thought to put it all together. And this actually album had been titled, um, had about four different titles before it became Music is Life. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it was Then It Now, it was And Here It Is, and it was something else. But I think after uh, experiencing my loss, uh, of my job. In 2013, I was laid off as an instructor uh, for no reason. 
And um, just didn't know what to do. I, I ended up auditioning for The Voice and was turned down. I did it twice and was turned down. The third time, I just got up and I went and I sung. Um, and coming from that experience, all of that, being in L.A., seeing what L.A. life, living is like, um, I came back home with the passion and the fire to put this music out, to let the world hear it. And I just, you know, I want this, this album to just let people know that you can be who you are but still find revelation in something, whether it be, you know, the person standing on the side of the street asking for change, whether it be a kid walking up to you in the store just looking at you, whether it be somebody who you don't know to just smile at you. Um, everybody is joined by this song called music. And when we put all of those different people together, it becomes life. And that's what we live in, this amazing world that's surrounded by everyone walking to the beat of their own drum. I hope uh, aspiring artists and musicians are listening to you right now because, and I thought of a quote, quote, I was sitting there writing down some stuff this morning and I wrote down, don't die with your art still in you. Uh, and wow. that truly, um, you know, that passion that you, that you picked up after the voice, I mean, it truly shows in, in your art and what you're doing today. Wow. Thank you. I mean, man, that, that speaks volume. That, that really speaks volume. Um, yeah, because, I mean, the question is that make me that comes from that is how many have gone on before with the talent? Right. You know, and, um, yeah, their lineage has been, you know, probably stripped of that, of that because it wasn't shared. And, you know, how many people are out there who want to share it? But don't feel like they have a platform to do it. Yeah, but you know, and, you know how tough it is as an artist when whenever people reject you and you suddenly like you're thinking, "Wait, well, I'm not good enough." I mean, even Elvis's music teacher told him he couldn't sing. You know, you're going to get that. But how hard is it for you as a performer and a teacher to get people to to push forward when you when you face that rejection? Man, look, I was told when I was 13, uh, I was at NOCA uh, in New Orleans that I would never sing classical. My degree is in classical performance. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and, and I hated classical from that point on until I just had to realize that this is a gift, you know, and I need to embrace it. And I had one of my professors, uh, Dr. Castilla, over at Tougaloo to tell me, you're being lazy, and I'm going to stay on you. And she did that. Wow. And I'm, I'm truly grateful for it. I mean, you know, when you get told no, I recently went to a um, – attended a seminar last week here in New Orleans at Xavier University where it was a music seminar and an amazing, one of the amazing panelists said, you're going to get a thousand no's before you get that one yes. And when he said, don't accept the no, when he said the no, two words came to me, now optimistic. Now I'm optimistic to keep asking you. Now I'm optimistic to keep going. Now I'm optimistic to prove to myself that I will get a yes. Although I got thousands of no's, I'm optimistic to know that I will succeed at what I'm trying to do, but I just have to go back to my planning table and plan it out strategically. No, it may not work. I probably have plan A through plan Z, but I guarantee you one of those plans are going to work because I'm now optimistic. Optimistic, focused, and disciplined. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and talented too, by the way. <laughs> then there's that. So, Tanya, what all do you have coming up? Uh, I know you've been you've performed at the Essence Festival in New Orleans, which is awesome. Um, uh, do you do a lot of festivals in New Orleans? I do. I do. I'm so honored that I've been um, able to perform. And in, in my first year, this year was my first year to do French Quarter Fest, which was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> amazing crowd, amazing stage, and I, I really, really felt the love. 
um, so much that I got a call last year for Jazz Fest again this year. But it was it was something that was well, was so much so much more because I was like, okay, I'm doing Jazz Fest, but they said we want you to open the accurate stage. I was like, wait, who who's playing on my phone? Like <laughs> the accurate stage. Tanya Boyd Cannon on the Acura stage. Wow. And it was like, yeah, you'll open up, you know, Stevie Wonder's going to close. I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> wait, what? Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> nice. And tears began to flow. You know, um, it was through prayer and supplication and sacrifice, and, you know, that this opportunity is here. And I got the call. I'll be opening for Stevie Wonder on Saturday at Jazz Fest, um Jazz and Heritage Festival 2017 on the Acura stage at 11.15 a.m. You know, so I'm saying, and then Stevie Wonder will come out and he'll, he's going to say, you know, at the, as he's in his set, you know, coming up on the stage, I'm going to tell you, come on, stage. I'm like, look in that open, I love the man in that beheaded boy. So I, I'm, I'm, you yes. know, I'm trying to get that stage with Stevie. So you, we got a hashtag, start with Tanya, end with Stevie. Oh, yeah. that's good. Nice. That's good. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That is big. That's Thank huge. You. That yeah. is. Well, now for the most important questions of the day, of course, how can people get your CD? And, of course, how can people find out more about you? Oh, my gosh. You can get my CD at um, – it's, it's available on all MP3 outlets, major outlets, uh, iTunes, Spotify, um, um, I, now, now, now I'm going blank, uh, Tidal. Um, it's av- it's available everywhere out there for the MP3s and those who want actual physical copies of my album um, because I, I really see that we're going back to CDs. You know, I think we're, we're going back to this evolution of, of back to CDs. So you can down you can actually go to cdbaby.com and purchase my album. You can also go to my website tanyaboycannon.com and click on the link and you can purchase the album straight from. Um, my website. So again, that's Tanya T O N Y A B O Y D C A N N O N dot com and get my album. And I'm available on all social media outlets: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Tanya Boy Cannon, and I'm on Snapchat at T B Cannon, which is T as in Tanya, B as in Boyd, Cannon C A N N O N. So you can follow me. I'm snapping all day and every day. Um, and I'm, I'm sharing with the world my live feed. So, yeah, come on, join me. Man, I tell you what, I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for being on with us today, Tanya. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great day. Rita B, love you, girl. Love you too, Tanya. All right, I got two celebrities talking to each other here now. I'm just going to go ahead and break out of here. Tanya, thank you so much. Coming up next is Codita South, and you're going to love his story. He's, of course, up-and-coming musician. He's at, going to USM right now, but he's got a fantastic album out as well. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about his career and his dreams, too. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Fairy tale or a real good dream. Sometimes it's perfect. Like a movie scene, but let's be real, sometimes it almost feels like I'm walking into a nightmare. You want to speed things up, but I don't want to rush you, no.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. They all told me he was far too impatient. He always needs his hands on the reins. Because he's too scared to be thrust out in the open. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and you're listening to Codetta South. Actually, better known, or maybe not as well known as Brennan White, who's on with us as well. He is a singer, songwriter, producer, writer, jack of all trades. Uh, Brennan, it's so good to talk to you today. Thank you for being on, and congratulations, because it's like you've had a very good year. Oh, yeah, it's been awesome, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. And I, I before I get started about the album and all the good things going on, um, I watched you on a video get to play with the da- the Dows. I maybe. And there was an impromptu situation up in Oxford. You have a sign over your head saying, can I play with you? And <laughs> and lo and behold, you get to hop up on the stage and you just kill it. Oh, dude, thanks, Ben. It, yeah, the band's name is it's pronounced Dawes. Yeah, okay, Dawes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, they're incredible. Like, they're just, they're from like the Lowell Canyon Rock area. So, like, I got that River Roots vibe. Yeah, it was totally impromptu. I just showed up and I knew all the songs. And, you know, they could have picked anybody that just, like, knew three chords and, like, maybe knew one of their songs. Right, but like I'm a super fan, so you know. It, it showed, and you looked like a kid who'd been given the keys to a candy store. Oh, I mean, the candy store and the Lamborghini man—it was crazy. Yeah, you had just pure joy on your face, and, and of course, it turned out, and you were playing guitar on it. And you got to sing a little bit on there, but what the guitarist reaction? He's looking at you over there, going, "I mean, this guy knows all of our songs." <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny too because um, uh, I had dreams about it happening for literally months because I ordered the tickets and everything. And then as soon as I got there, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a sign. I almost didn't make it. And I made it, and then I asked him. And, and it was funny because, like, I'm losing my train of thought now. It was funny because it's just he could have picked anybody, man. You know, it was just it was amazing. I'm getting speeches talking about it, but, yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. And you still got that sign, don't you? You have it hanging up on your wall. I actually got I got so excited I accidentally tore it in half, but, yeah. So you got both halves of it hanging up on the wall as well. Yeah, it's taped together right now. It's holding true. You, you, of course, you're from Brandon, and yeah, but you're at Southern Miss now. You're you're still a student down there, correct? Correct. Well, I'm okay. originally from Nashville, but I moved from Nashville at the age of 14 to Brandon. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit of culture shock for you. Yeah, it was a little bit of culture shock. Yeah, no, I mean just bit. just getting you know, I mean it's pretty old to get to move and you got to start over with new friends and everything. But it worked out pretty well for you. Have you always played the guitar? I've been playing music for about. Uh, 12 years now, so around the age of 10 is when I started. Okay. What what prompted you to pick up the, the instrument and start singing? Well, my dad was always in the music, music industry and everything. He, okay. Um, he was a road manager for like 22 years for um for a lot of different bands, Petra being one of them, which is a famous Christian rock band and yeah. all that stuff. So he, he worked with them alongside, so he always had guitars in the house, and I was I actually started off on drums and then moved to bass and then landed on guitar, and that's where I stayed pretty much. You've been compared to James Taylor, John Mayer, Ben Folds, Damien Rice, and more. Those are pretty darn good comparisons. Yeah, I don't know if I if I always uh, agree with any of those, but I will definitely take the compliment. Yeah, no kidding. You're like, thank you, thank you. I'll move on now, but that's great. You were in a band originally, and you broke away. What prompted you to decide to go solo? Uh, yeah, the band was called Chasing Enum. We got to put out like a one really good album that I'm really proud of. Um, it was just time, man. It just there were just conflicts within the friendships, and it, it started to jeopardize the friendship more than in the band and. You know, if ever I'm in a situation where I have to choose if our friendship or the band, I'm always going to choose the friendship, you know. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Isn't that weird? I don't think people realize how much a band is like a marriage almost. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, I was with those guys, I mean, 24 hours of the day almost. I mean, especially when we were recording the album and everything. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're like, okay, I've had enough of your business. Uh, time to take a break here. Yeah. When, when you come with the new album, the new album was called your debut album is A Few Regrets. And the thing that I think is cool about it, it's a concept project in a way, and a lot of people are going, what? But no, let me explain. I mean, you start out like on a journey and you sit down and listen to the whole album and it tells a long story. What made you decide to write like that? Uh, that's a good question and a very valid one. And a good question deserves a great answer and I'm going to try and give it to you. Okay, uh, that's what we're here for. Know. It's uh, it's more the fact that I've just, I wanted to, I, this was like the album that I just had to get off my shoulders. I mean, I've been writing music for a long time now and everything. Um and I just, and there's some songs in there that I wrote when I was like 16 that I was like, okay, I had this song, I want to do it well, and, you know, do it against. I guess the, the concept behind doing that, though, was just to kind of try and make people listen more. Mm -hmm. cause it's, I mean, even when I play shows, I'm like, I got to play, I have like the temptation to like play upbeat songs because it's just me right now playing playing shows. And it's like, people don't always want that, though. So, um, especially with the whole resurgence of vinyl records coming into play, because vinyl record sales have gone up like 300% since 2008, which is the highest they've seen since 1988 which is crazy and people are getting more into putting an album on and just listening to it from start to finish so the concept is trying to do that to an extent yeah i know my 14 year old's like dad can i have a record player i'm like exactly, I, just, yeah. I just threw it out like six years ago and now you want one it's <laughs> like i gotta go buy another one you play every single instrument on this album except for i think upright bass on pocket watch annabelle and for the record but for the most part you're playing everything and you recorded it and you wrote it and that's incredible and I mixed it too, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And in your spare time, you mixed it. So uh, yeah. Uh, I, granted, I wish I could have gotten. It wasn't so much that I, I didn't want to use people that were better than me at the instruments. It's just that I was all I had, and I, I'm not. I mean, my, the people that I was going to get, um, that I wanted to get, were just. I, I would not have felt good bringing them in without being able to pay them. You know? Yeah. So I was like, well, I mean, I, I know enough. So I, I actually um, to prepare for the album. Before I recorded it, I decided to take, I was at Heinz Community College for three years, getting an associate's degree in uh, audio engineering. And uh, I decided to take a bunch of private lessons. So I took singing lessons to help improve some things that I was working on, took bass lessons, took drum lessons, which helped a lot, and kind of just spent a whole year prepping for the album and then recorded it. You know, when you got this jump up on that stage in, in Oxford, that at that moment, that's when you said, you know what, guess what, I'm going to do this for a living, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh, yes. And I got to talk about the show, and I was like, yeah, I want to be a touring guitarist. He was like, well, you got the chops, dude. And I was like, that's great. That's so cool. Um, but, no, yeah, I, I uh, it was about that. I mean, because up until that point, I'd been kind of recording their album. I hadn't really been touching it. And then as soon as, like, after that show, I was like, okay, I have to finish it. And so I, I immediately went home, and I started recording and finished it in two months. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, how can folks find find the album and and obviously get to hear you play live? Well, you can find it pretty much anywhere online. It's also for sale at T-Bones Records in Hattiesburg and also Liquid Music in Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, I always keep my, my social media updated. So if you ever want to come to a show, they're always on there. You can check out on Instagram at Codetta South Band, Twitter at Codetta South, Facebook, Codetta South, everything Codetta South pretty much. Brennan, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. It's good to talk to you, and good luck. You really are incredibly talented. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on the show and everything. Oh, my pleasure. I hope to hear from you again soon. That's Codetta South, of course, featuring Brandon White as the, the star of that show. Appreciate it. What a great show today. I want to thank, of course, Tanya Boy Cannon for being on with us. And, of course, Codetta South. And I want to thank Sharita for producing the show as wonderfully she always does. 
Southern Remedy is coming up next, and I hope you have an awesome week. We will see you next Monday here on Now You're Talking. I have fought through every war in my mind, and I found you linger still in all my little cracks.